everybody happy friday welcome to the blunt and no not weed podcast this is your girl mutondwa i hope everybody is doing well and has had a really good week <laughs> it's friday <laughs> i love fridays happy friday um adele released a new song today for those of you who don't know um adele is kind of like the the how do I put it? She kind of comes up every time just to remind us how old we're getting, <laughs> you know, but how old she's getting as well, you know. So, um, yeah, like all her albums are kind of like milestones, even in my own like life. You know, I remember when 19 came out, when 21 came out when 25 came out. And I guess supposedly now it's 30 coming out. And um uh, I'm very excited because, you know, Adele, she's just going to put us all in our feelings and we're just going to be like, oh, my God, this is crazy. <laughs> it's going to be a lot. And you're going to cry and miss that ex-boyfriend that you actually really don't even miss anymore. But um, the nice thing about her is that she just touches your soul in it. She really does. So I'm very excited for some new Adele music. I'm excited for her album. And also, it's just going to be such an interesting retrospective moment, you know, like marking my own life against her life and her experiences. I mean, when she released 25, I binged listened to that album because I was going through a quarter life crisis. I was I think I was 24 when 25 came out and I was just like, wow. Well, I, yeah, 23 or 24. I'm bad with like dates and memories and shit. But yeah, and it was such a, it was one of those albums that comes into your life and you're like, okay, I'm not crazy. Like I'm not the only one feeling this way. So yes, we are definitely happy for some new Adele at the Blunt and No Not Weed podcast. Um, I hope everyone is well. I know it's, it's fucking crazy times. Like I wake up and I'm just like, like what is going on like there's something in the air it feels different it feels like we are as a collective society as a collective are gearing up for some massive changes you know and i can feel it and it it scares me because it it could go either good or bad you know it, it, it right now it seems like the the the, the beings of power, the, the ones in powerful places and the ones controlling everything, it seems like that the the scales are tipping towards chaos. You know, last week we talked about order and chaos, um, referencing Dr. Jordan B. Peterson's book. Um, and yeah, I just feel like right now the scales seem to be tipping towards chaos. And I mean, chaos is a, is a possibility for opportunities, right? But at the same time, it's just like, I think people are too power hungry. I think capitalism is just sucking all our souls dry and no one even wants to talk about it. Like, it's like this thing that we said we're going to create as a society is not working. But anyway, let's let's not get into that. <laughs> let's not get into that. Um, so last week's episode, we did the first episode of Booktober and we talked about um, some of the lessons that I learned from Dr. Jordan B. Peterson's work um, uh, called The 12 Rules of Life. And um, yeah, like I, I hope you guys found it interesting. I hope you guys learned 
from his brilliant mind. It's it's not even my mind. It's his brilliant mind and um, just so well thought out his mind is. I just want to live in his mind. <laughs> I honestly just want to live in Jordan Peterson's mind because his, his way of processing information and analyzing and then interpreting it and then retelling it is so unmatched and it's it's almost prophetic you know it's it's almost prophetic and i still believe that you know i still believe that they are prophets of our time and not necessarily even prophets from a religious perspective but teachers and wisdom holders who have so much to teach us as people and so much to teach humanity and because i am a truth seeker i'm always looking for those people you know who can impart things into my own life so yeah, um, anyway, let, let welcome, uh, firstly, I, again, my, it's going to be all over the place, which is fine because that's kind of how my life is right now. I'm gearing up for midterms, um, not this coming week, but the week after, uh, I have like three midterms or four midterms. So I'm just like, okay, <laughs> I'm all over the place, but it's fine because, um, I'm doing well as well as I can be considering everything that I'm currently handling. Oh my God, there's going to be a whole massive truck passing by. But anyway, we used to this here. This is, this, that is not new, but yeah, I feel like because I, I have a few things that I'm on my plate, um, I sometimes slip up and it's okay because I, I know that I have the skill sets to get my bearings right. You know, I've, I've, been doing this thing now for like 28 years i'm turning 29 in december isn't that crazy but i i know that i can always rely on the skill sets that i've built over time to get me through just about anything like i was i think last week i was complaining about the management accounting quiz um and i was like i think i did well and then i was like mm, but i'm not gonna say i did well because you know i don't want to like didn't do well and then be like oh i did great <laughs> that would be awkward but uh we actually got our results yesterday and i did very well um so i was like okay good because i i studied for it i studied i prepared i i'm not the best with numbers it's ironic because i studied finance but um when numbers are being taught to me in in class I don't understand a fucking thing. Like I just sit there and like, okay, I'm just going to try follow your, your processing, the logic that I can do. But to say that I fully grasp it and understand it. No, I have to go home, sit down with a cup of tea, coffee, or a glass of wine and go over it slowly by myself. And then be like, and then at the end, I'm like, fuck, this was it. <laughs> like, this is what you were teaching. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, it's I'm a, I'm a full-on right brain, right brainer all the way. I can write you an incredible essay. Like I can write you an essay and you'll be like, oh my God. But when it comes to, to numbers, I'm just like, okay, give me a moment. Give me a moment. But I was very happy because I did very well. So yay. Um, what else? Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Yeah, I'm just, I'm just really trying to get my my bearings going and and navigating my my world that I'm creating for myself. Um, so yeah, anyway, let's get started. Welcome uh, to all my returning listeners. Thank you so much for being here and for, you know, 
sticking with me and my crazy mind <laughs> because I feel like uh, we, we talk about so many different things here. We've had so many different guests on um, and I feel like it's it's so interesting because you probably experiencing so many types of people and then you're also experiencing me. So that can be a bit, you know, strange maybe, <laughs> but I'm very appreciative that you keep coming back and listening and um, learning and growing with me as I'm navigating these crazy muddy waters that we call life and existence and being. Um, to my newcomers, thank you so much for being here. You're very welcome here. Um, the space is basically me, Mutondwa, a girl, 28. I already gave my age. Uh, I live in Budapest in Hungary and um, studying my master's, my MBA. Almost done. Oh, I'm almost there. Um, and yeah, I just talk about whatever I want. And I talk about things that I believe matter to me and matter to my world and matter to other people's worlds as well and it's kind of just a, a free flowing thought of one person when I do solo episodes when I do interviews then it's free flowing thoughts of the other person combined with mine and then it's it's fascinating <laughs> okay let's not even waste any time whether you're new whether you're coming back thank you so much for coming um please do go and follow the podcast on um, you can follow it on Spotify so that you get notified every time a new episode comes out. Also go on to Apple Music and you can rate and review there. And you can also follow from Apple Music. And also please do join us on our social media. Join me on my social medias um, at Blunt and Not Weed. Actually, on Facebook, it's the Blunt and No Not Weed podcast or just Blunt and No Not Weed podcast. And then uh, on Instagram, it's blunt underscore not weed underscore podcast and all the details for the socials will be in the description for this episode so you don't even have to remember what i just fucking said you can find it in the description yeah okay let's get started so last week we did jordan b peterson <laughs> isn't he a gem okay i've really fangirled over him but i find it fascinating because he is such a controversial figure like he is part of the dark intellectual web. And basically the dark intellectual web is basically where they throw everybody who does not, you know, correlate with the agenda and the messaging. <laughs> it's like, if, if you're pissing off the liberals, then you're going to go into that area. If you're pissing off the conservatives, you'll also probably end up in the dark intellectual web. But I think the dark intellectual web is just a place where people can actually properly think for themselves and where you can actually develop your own thought processes and analyze information on your behalf for yourself and not just wait to be told what to believe. Because I feel like that's kind of the environment we're living in. And you're just told what to believe and you just go with it. And it's easier, right? Because then you don't have to really challenge yourself or challenge your own worldview or challenge anything. You can just be really lazy with your thought processing. And people like that. People like complacency. There's... um. I have this belief that I honestly believe that people are not looking for the truth. I think people are looking to be lied to about the world and how it works and their world and how it works. And they appreciate that because it's, it's, I, I forgot who said this, but it's harder to, to, to convince someone that they've been fooled than to fool them. And so that is what I believe is happening in our current world. But anyway, 
let's not get into that. <laughs> that's a, that's an episode for another day. I've got the latest, the new book for today for Booktober, and this is this book saved my life. Like I'm not even going to lie, this book saved my fucking crazy life because I got it at a time when my life was making no sense. Like it just it was like. I was in it. You know when you're like in the thick of it, you're just like in it? This is when this book came into my life. And um, you will see, because I'm going to post, of course, promo pictures for the episode and everything. But if, when you see the, 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 how this book looks like, <laughs> it's worn and torn. <laughs> because it's literally been my Bible. <laughs> okay, it's been my Bible for a good minute. Um, and it's, I got it, I think I got it from, I actually took it from my friend Greta's, uh, mom's collection of books because I was in Cape Town and, um, Greta's mom, Mama Pepler, hi, if you're listening. Um, and she was giving away because her collection of books was massive and they were about to move and she was giving away books, you know? And I was like, okay, let me ravage through some of your, your books. Um, and this, I found this one. And I'd seen that there was a movie about it with Julia Roberts, but I never watched the movie. So I was like, okay, let me read it. And I read it. I started reading it and I read it so fast. And then I slowed down because I was like, oh my God, I can't have this book finished. And at the same time, I was actually reading it with... Uh, he was a close friend of mine, but not anymore because, you know, life happens. <laughs> um, but I, I was reading it at the same time with a really close friend of mine. And we were kind of going through the same things. He was about to transition into like, you know, fatherhood. And he was like trying to figure out where his career is going. And um, we we were kind of like partners in crime in the sense that we were both navigating very weird waters and we also share the same birthday so he's he's a sadgy just like me born on the same day december 11th so every time it's my birthday i also wish him happy birthday because we were kind of like kindred spirits in a sense but he's he's well and i'm very happy for him and he's doing incredibly well um so yeah but anyway we were reading this book together and we would have like voice notes upon voice notes of just like oh my god did you read this did you see that did you see that oh my god and because it was really speaking to our lives at the time okay so the book that i'm talking about is it sold over five million copies and the copy i have is probably quite old i think it was published in 2006 so i'm guessing since 2006 this copy has this book has sold even more than five million copies but that's what it says on my current book, uh, the, the book that I have. And it's called Eat, Pray, Love. And it's by Elizabeth Gilbert. And honest to God, it is everything. This book is everything. Like when I say that it was my Bible for a time, it really was. Because it was answering questions that I had that I was not have, finding answers to anywhere else. And because it wasn't being talked about, like we don't talk about, at least in my society, in, in, in an African society, in a South African society, we don't talk about the struggles of, of navigating, you know, life in general, navigating mental health, na navigating, um, you know, your career, what do you want to do, navigating your, 
who you want to be as a person, your character. What do you like? What do you not like? What do you, what do you want to represent in this world? What are you trying to bring to this world? You know, what is your contribution? And we don't, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about um, happiness and joy and purpose and where am I going? We, we don't talk about that. It's like, oh, you get the job, get that job, you sorted, you great, et cetera, et cetera. And I say this often on the podcast, like freedom for me is my religion. So I worship freedom. And the reason why I worship freedom is because when you come from a place of freedom, when you do anything from a place of freedom, you're doing it solely because it resonates with your soul. It resonates with who you are as a person. But in order for you to actually know what resonates with you as a soul and as a person, you have to learn about yourself. You have to learn about your your identity. You have to learn about what you like, what you don't like. You have to learn about who you are as a person. Where are you going? What do you want? Like how often were you asked as a child, what do you want to be when you grow up? Remember that question? And then you'd be like, oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to be this. And then that enthusiasm of just like, oh, great. This is what you want to do. And we, 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 we interested in listening about that. It stops somewhere along the lines as we're growing up. And it's like, oh, you're going to be this. You're going to be that. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. And it's like, fuck no. <laughs> I just want to do what I want to do, you know. And I was going through a time when I had said, fuck no. I had left corporate banking or private banking. And I was just like, okay, I don't want to go back there. I had come out of a very weird um relationship slash connection that left me desolate <laughs> I was desolate so there were so many crazy things happening at the same time um I didn't know what I was gonna do next what my next move was gonna be um it was just a lot and this book came into my my peripheral and the reason why I'm I'm prefacing this with this knowledge is so that you understand that this book really the lessons that I'm going to talk about here were really, really necessary for me to be here today, for me to be in Budapest looking out a window at this crazy building in front of me, alive and well and healthy and strong and capable and independent and, you know, having survived incredible things. So I think that is why I'm prefacing that this book is so important to me. So yes, it is Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. Elizabeth Gilbert is a giant. She is literally a giant. And when I say she's a giant, I mean she is powerful in, in her own way because she's, she's not a very, like, um, she talks about how she suffers from anxiety. She talks about how she's, she's very, not, she's very fragile in a way. Like even when you listen to her speak, even when you look at her demeanor, but she's also really powerful. And so I am inspired by that. And I think that's why this book probably even resonated with me because her personality, her worldview also resonates with me as well. Okay, so let's get started. I think what I've decided to do, because this book is really long and it covers three different elements, which is the eat, the pray and the love. Um, I'm going to focus on the pray today. Like last week's episode, I focused more on on um, existence and being, right? I focused on on those topics and those elements. So today I want to focus on prayer and specifically 
religion, because as many of you know, I was raised in a very religious household, but I was always taught religion from a place of judgment, from a place of self-righteousness, from a place of check the checklist. You, you have to do these things in order for you to then be holy and worthy and deserving of being a Christ follower and, and you are a terrible sinner. Or I, that's how I was taught religion. And, um, and I rebuked that. I rejected that um, some years ago. But of course, when you reject something you've always known your whole life, it leaves you with this incredible question in your head where you go, what now? <laughs> like, okay, great. I rejected that. What now? What, what, what? Because I'm still a very spiritual person. I've always been, my spirituality has always been intact in the sense that I am well aware that I am more than just a body and I am more than just a mind, that I am indeed a spirit. And so that I've always been well aware of and connected to that. But the religiousness of it all, all always I, I always found it suffocating. It it drained me a lot because I was just like, but this doesn't feel right. <laughs> like this this does not feel right. Um so yeah. So I'll focus on the pray section and I'll I've chosen a few um lines that really hit me the most, like when I was um reading this book and this comes from like i said the pray section of the book this is page 57 it starts on page 57 and it goes up to page 58 so it, it talks about faith and the reason why i want to talk about faith is because faith is not limited to a religion and i think um, christianity has kind of um monopolized faith <laughs> I would say religion has kind of monopolized faith. Um, but faith is, 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 a, is a universal concept that is, is part of the mechanics of the, how the world works. And it's part of human psychology. It's part of human understanding. It's part of, it's part of um, the concepts of manifestation. It's part of the concepts of the world in general. Actually, it's part of existence. Every day is an act of faith. Every day you are maneuvering this world, you are maneuvering it in an act of faith. And so what is faith? And of course, the different books of the Bible, the different books in the Bible will tell you definitions of faith. Um, my dad used to say this all the time. He's like, faith is, is the belief in those things that are not seen, you know, and he used to preach that all the time. And of course, then there's faith definitions for faith in other religions as well, in Taoism, in Buddhism, in, in Hinduism, in Islam. So there's there are definitions, multiple definitions of faith. And so when I came to this definition of faith, I found it just jarring because I was like, I love this so much. So anyway, so this is what she says. She says, if faith were rational, it wouldn't be by definition faith. Faith is belief in what you cannot see or prove or touch. Faith is walking face first and full speed into the dark. If we truly knew all the answers in advance as to the meaning of life and the nature of God and the destiny of our souls, our belief would not be a leap of faith and it would, and it would not be a courageous act of humanity. It would just be a prudence insurance policy. 
I'm not interested in the, ins in the insurance industry. I'm tired of being a skeptic. I'm, ir I'm irritated by spiritual prudence, and I feel bored and parched by empirical debate. I don't want to hear it anymore. I couldn't care less about evidence and proof and assurances. I just want God. I want God inside me. I want God to play in my bloodstream the way sunlight amuses itself on water. I remember when I read this, I was like, this is what I want. <laughs> I was like this I was like screw the the, the 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 imperialism of it all like screw the 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 empirical um debates and the arguments of this is this is the right way this is the right way do it this way do and I was, I was like I got over that shit quick fast I was like you know what it is naive for you to believe that your way of reaching a god is the the most correct way and the only way in a world full of 8 billion possibilities, come on, like, come on. So for me, when I read this, I was like, this is what I want. Uh, this is what I want. I want God. And, I and for me, God is limitless. And it's ironic because even in the religions that we have right now, it talks about how vast he is, how omnipresent he is, how limitless he is or she is. Because again, God is is everything. So everything including femininity and masculinity, right? So if he is everything or she is everything, then I feel like the way in which we practice connecting to God is limited. We are limiting it. And so I was like, this is profound. And so from going forward, I decided that, you know what? I am going to practice faith outside of the religious boundings of it you know um yes i can use certain religious um acts or rituals to get me there or to activate it but it's gonna go beyond that and so for example i love christian music I've, I've been listening to Christian music, I think, since I was like four. I, my mom tells me the story that I was like in a garage um, in Venda and just listening to Christian music and just crying and like, you know, within the spirit at four. So I'm just like, OK, so clearly I, I didn't even know too much about religion at that point, but I was connecting to something and I was not yet tainted by the doctrines and the indoctrinations and the this is the right way or these are the rules that you have to follow. I was clearly connecting to something. And I remember I was going through, like you guys know, my dad passed away this year. And I was going through a really rough stage um, just after the, 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 the conclusion of the semester in May. Uh, my first year concluded in May. And we had a summer break, so for three months, and I was going through the ringer. Like it was just blow after blow after blow. And I was like, I remember I was talking to my mom and she said, you know, because she knows that I, I'm not interested in religion, um, but she knows that I'm a very spiritual person. And she said to me, she said, you know what? I want you because she's like, I know you cannot live without faith. You cannot live without your connection to, to God. So I want you to then, because I was struggling. I was just like, okay, like, 
because again, I'm still navigating and undoing and unlearning everything, <laughs> which is hard to do. Um, and she said to me, she said, I want you to go back to that day when you were in the garage at four years old. And I want you to connect to whatever it is that had you at four years old, crying and weeping and having your hands raised up and worshiping. I want you to go back to that, go back and connect to that because that was real. That was the source. You know, that's who you connect to God in those moments. And I was like, wow, because it's hard as human beings. We want to label things, right? You want to say, I worship Jesus or I worship Allah or I follow Buddha. And we want to label things because it makes it easier for our neural patterns in our minds to form connections to these things and for us to then understand it and interpret it. But I, I was struggling because I was just like, do I say Jesus? Because if I say Jesus, then that's, that's Christianity. Do I say Buddha? Because I don't really, it's not, but, but it says, but it, we get trapped in those mechanics and those are just pointless. <laughs> like it's all just very pointless. So I was like, you know what? And then I listened to the song um, called Jaira. And I think it's, it's by Elevation Worship with another group, Maverick. I think it's with Elevation and Maverick. And the song's called Jaira. And because I've been away from the religious, you know, realm for quite a while, it took me a while to realize that the whole time they were singing, you are Jaira, you are Jaira. Jaira is Jehovah Jaira. And I was like, oh, because I was just like, again, it's interesting what can happen to your thought processing when you immerse yourself in different environments and when you immerse or you remove yourself completely from an environment because it really took me a while for it to click that oh Jaira is Jehovah Jaira which is Jesus which means you know provider and I and I was like oh that's what it means and it's like oh god <laughs> my dad would be turning in his grave <laughs> because he made sure that you know <laughs> those are things you do not forget but um but I thought I actually laughed because I was like, it's crazy. You really make your own reality. You really create your own reality um, in your mind. Uh, that's where it starts. So, but then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to say, because it, it's necessary again for, it's, it, it's pointless, but it's necessary um, for the mechanics in my brain to then form that connection. So I was like, okay, you know what? I will refer to my God, the God I pray to or worship as Jaira and simply meaning provider, simply meaning enough. And because that's what I believe God is. I believe God is limitless. I believe God is enough. And I believe that God is indeed the provider because we are here on this planet with him that he created or she created. So anyway, um, so she was like, yeah, go back to that, go back to that. And so I did. And I used music as my catalyst because music always got me there in me quickly because music is like my best friend really is my best friend. Um, and so I did. And for a month, I was just really in this, this place of just spirituality and accessing my spirit and how I'm feeling and how, uh, my spirit is doing and and I realized my spirit is wounded like I remember I was so exhausted at the end of the the, the first year that I was just like I, I actually posted this meme it said the sleep is pointless when it's your soul that's tired you know and my soul was tired it was beaten 
up. And so using those three months of summer break to get me out um, really was based on this belief about faith and that I, I had to believe in me that I was not yet and me that I'm still not yet, but that I'm creating and that is healed and taken care of and, 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 and pursuing her destiny and pursuing what she wants to do and who she wants to be. And, but that is an act of faith and it's believing in what I do not yet see, what I cannot yet see, what I cannot yet even prove or hold, but I know, and I know that I know that that is what I'm creating. And that to me is faith. That to me is faith. Okay. And the next thing that she talks about, which is another life lesson that I've learned as well. Um, she says just in the next, um, in, uh, this is chapter 58. She says, my prayers are becoming more deliberate and specific. It has occurred to me that it's not much use to send prayers out to the universe that are lazy, <laughs> which is facts. And then she goes on to say, prayer is a relationship. Half the job is mine. If I want transformation but can't even be bothered to articulate what exactly I'm aiming for, how will it even occur? So now I take the time every morning to search myself for specificity about what I'm truly asking for. And this is ironic because this is all in the Bible as well. Actually, it's, it's in all religious books. This idea that when you go to God, when you go to the universe, when you go to whichever name you've given your God to the source, you have to go with intention. You have to go with articulation, with specificity, and you have to, you have to know what you want. You have to ask for what you want. <laughs> but then that requires you know what you want, you know. And so it's important to then search yourself, like she says here, for what is it that you want? Because how can you ask God when you don't even know what you want? And so that for me became something that I adopted um, because I was like, you know what? I have to be specific. But for me to be specific, I have to know who I am and what I want. And so that's when I started going inward, saying, okay, I don't want to be in corporate. I hate corporate. I hate banking. Um, I'm a creative. I'm an, I'm an artistic person. I've always been that way. I'm proper right brain. So what do I want? And over time, as I started to become more specific and to start challenging myself, like, Mutondo, what do you want? It led me to a place where I could then be like, okay, start searching. Even this podcast, for example, I started it at a point when I was searching. I was like, I don't know what's going on. I don't have answers and I'm, I'm seeking, I'm searching. And then this manifested as a result. And so I think I always say this, the more you ask questions, the more answers you get. But when you don't ask questions, you don't get answers because you can't get answers to questions you never asked. And... And I think that is, is, is a great place to start, is asking questions of your world and then asking questions of yourself and being really honest with yourself. And let me tell you, that's hard. <laughs> that shit's hard. Like I, like, I go to therapy and when I'm in therapy and my therapist is like, but how, how do you really feel about that? And it's like, ah, 
was like, no, how do you feel about it? I was just like, mm -hmm. <laughs> do you really want me to go there? But you have to go there because if you don't go there, then you stay stuck. You really stay stuck. So yeah, that was another life lesson, learning about how to pray with intentionality and with purpose and with direction. And that is something that I'm still doing to this day and writing it down. That's something else that I do. I write down the things that I want and then I say it out to a selected group of people so that they can, number one, hold me accountable to the words that I have spoken and also to hold myself accountable to the words that I've spoken as well. Because if you are thinking of doing something and you just hold it to yourself and you don't say it to someone you trust and who can then question you like, hey, what about this that you said? And the moment it starts getting irritating that someone is asking you, hey, you said you want to do this. And you're like, oh, why do you keep bringing this up? It's Well, it's because you know that you are not keeping your word. You know that you are not living up to the dream that you set up for yourself. And so when someone starts bringing it up, it becomes like annoying because you know you're not doing that. You, you're taking, you copping out on what you want. So that's another reason why I practice that. But you don't tell it to everybody. You tell it to the people that you trust, you know. Um, so yeah. And then she goes on to say, mm, if I don't feel sincere, then I will stay there on the floor until I do. So this is about her searching herself for specificity, um, and for what she wants, because again, like I said, you have to then be honest with yourself. You have to be sincere with yourself. You have to be genuine with yourself so that you can really know what it is that you actually want to do. Okay. And then she goes on to say, which I love, she says, I make an effort to stay alert. I'm assuming custodial responsibility for the maintenance of my own soul. Ah! <laughs> this one line took me out. I literally put the book down and I walked away. And it still has the same reaction to this day. Because, it, it, again, it goes back to what Jordan B. Peterson was talking about in in the 12 Rules for Life, where you are literally taking responsibility for your own existence. Like, this is your existence. This is your soul. This is your life. You have to take responsibility for it because nobody else is going to do it. It's It's just that simple. And it's hard because, and I think that's why religions are so popular, because religions give away responsibility you you kind of just go oh yeah but god will take care of it and great i i love that i think that's great but that's what she's talking about when she talks about faith that it's not an insurance policy no fuck that it's your responsibility at the end of the day it's what you have to create because you have to live as you for the rest of your life <laughs> nobody else has to do that so if you don't like something then you change it if you if you want to be better then you be better but at the end of the day, it's rising up to meet your own existence. And that is a lesson that I have learned because it's so important to take responsibility. It really is. And and it's okay because we fail and we make mistakes and we, we fall. That's natural. That's part of the process. It's part of the journey. And to me, that makes sense. It would be weird if life was a freaking linear straight line. I would find that shit so boring. <laughs> I really would. Like everything goes according to plan and life doesn't go that way. And so for me, that that's something that I have had to learn. And again, 
I adapt because I have a skill set that I have built over time that I can bring forth and conjure up when I need it to, to get me through something. And so I know that there, there can be many difficult moments ahead, and I'm sure they are, but I am confident of this, I am sure of this, I am confident that number one, I will acquire more skills in the process. But number two, I will be able to hone the skill that I already have acquired to get me through something. So that's kind of a lesson that that one line taught me and even the line in, in Jordan B. Peterson's book, because it's just like, I am making an effort to stay alert. I am assuming custodial, custodial responsibility is almost like a parent, right? You are being your own parent in a way for the maintenance of my own soul because nobody else is going to do it. Anyway, to this day, that one line just destroys me t time and time again. Sometimes I don't like reading that line. I will be very honest. Sometimes I, I, I get mad because I'm just like, fuck, it's all on me. And it's like, yeah, bitch, it's all on you. <laughs> it's all on you. Um, of course, in the sense that you make the moves. Of course, having, you know, you have your support structures, you have the people around you who carry you, who motivate you, who encourage you, but they can't do that for you. No amount of encouragement will be enough to get you out of something. You have to be your own encourager as well. The other stuff is supplementary. It's, it's, it's support. It's not the it, it is the support. You have to be the it. Okay, and then she goes on to say, destiny, I feel, is also a relationship. Oh, God, I love this line. Okay, I'm, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. Let me read the whole thing in its entirety. She says, in making an effort to stay alert, I am assuming custodial responsibility for the maintenance of my own soul. Destiny, I feel, is also a relationship, a play between divine grace and willful self-effort. See? It's, it's a combination of both. It's, there's that, it's not even a verse, but people sometimes think it's, it's a verse where it says God helps those who help themselves. It, that, that thing, that quote is not in the Bible, by the way. But I think it, it's, it gained traction and it's popular because it is the truth. It is one of those, those objective truths in reality that you have to get up first. You have to get up first. And then the divine gets up with you. Uh, the, that verse in the Bible that says everything transpires together for my good. I love that verse because number one, it's making you recognize that it, at the end of the day, everything that you face and that comes your way can be to, worked out together for your good. But I've also realized that the moment I make a decision, the moment I'm like, okay, this is what I want. The moment I say it and I decide it in my mind and maybe I write it down or I tell two people that I trust and I put it into words verbally as well, the whole universe starts transpiring towards that one thing, that I've, that goal that I've set out. Honest to God. Like, it, it's the craziest thing. It, it's like, wait, like until last week, I was not getting, you know, emails about this or I was not coming across these job opportunities or I was not coming across these posts at the end of the day we the universe literally shows us what it is that we want to see and so then if you don't want to see what you're seeing then you need to ask to see something else you, of yourself 
you need to start seeing something else so that the universe can start showing you something else as well. And then she goes on to say, um, so half of it you have no control over. This is true. Life happens. Shit happens. Life happens to us, right? And you, uh, half of it you have no control over. Half of it is absolutely all in your hands. And your actions will show measurable consequence. Man is neither entirely a puppet of the gods, nor is he entirely the captain of his own destiny. He is a little bit of both. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love this book. <laughs> God. Oh. Can I just say... I think that every 20-year-old needs to be gifted this book. Like, every 20-year-old in the world needs to be gifted this book. Honest to God. But anyway. Um, so then she goes on to say, and she talks about time. Jordan B. Peterson also talked about time as well. Uh, she says, I can decide how I spend my time, with whom I interact with, with whom I share my body and life and money and energy with. It's on you. <laughs> It's on you. Um, I can select what I eat and read and study. I can choose how I'm going to regard unfortunate circumstances in my life, whether I will see them as curses or opportunities. And on the occasions when I cannot rise, because sometimes you cannot rise to the most optimistic viewpoint because I'm feeling too damn sorry for myself, I can choose to keep trying to change my outlook. I can choose my words and the tones of my voice in which I speak to others. And most of all, I can choose my thoughts. Listen, <laughs> I'm going to reread this book, actually. <laughs> I forgot how good it is. <laughs> you know, when you forget how good something is, you're just like, oh, damn. I forgot how good you are. But, yeah. So then she goes on to say, um, this is about thoughts. Because, come on, you know, it all starts in the mind. The battle is happening in the mind. Most of it. Most of the battle is happening in the mind. Then she goes on to say, what Richard is talking about is instead admitting to the existence of negative thoughts, understanding where they come from or came from is why they arrived. And then with great forgiveness and fortitude, dismissing them. So I'm not going to go into exactly what Richard said. If you want to know what Richard said, Richard is her friend. And Richard once said something to her in the, I think, yeah, it's, it's in the prey section. I'm not going to read it because it's, it's it's, it's for something else and when she said when he said those words i literally cried like i cried and cried and cried because i was just like oh my god this is literally it okay and then she says so i've started being vigilant about watching my th watching my thoughts all day and monitoring them i repeat this vow about 700 times a day oh this one i will not harbor unhealthy thoughts anymore every time a diminishing thought arises i repeat the vow i will not harbor unhealthy thoughts anymore the first time i heard myself say this my inner ear perked up at the word harbor which is a noun as well as a verb a harbor of course is a place of refuge a port of entry i pictured the harbor of my mind a little beat up perhaps a little storm-worn, but well-situated and with a nice depth. The harbor of my mind is an open bay, 
the only access to the island of myself, which is young and volcan which is a young and volcanic island, yes, but fertile and very promising. This island has been through some wars, it is true, but it is now committed to peace under a new leader. Who's the leader? Me, of course, it's her, me, who has instituted new policies to protect the place. And now, let the word go out across the seven seas, there are much, much stricter laws on the books about who may enter this harbour, her mind. You may not come here anymore with your hard and abusive thoughts, with your plague ships of thoughts, with your slave ships of thoughts, with your warships of thoughts, all these will be turned away. Likewise, any thoughts that are filled with angry or starving exiles, with malcontents and uh, pamphleteers, mutineers and violent assassins, desperate prostitutes, pimps and seditious stowaways, you may not come here anymore either. Cannibalistic thoughts, for obvious reasons, will no longer be received. Even missionaries will be screened carefully for sincerity. This is a peaceful harbour the entryway to a fine and proud island that is only now beginning to cultivate tranquility. If you can abide by these new laws, my dear thoughts, then you are welcome in my mind. Otherwise, I shall turn you all back towards the sea from whence you came. This is my mission and it will never end. And that is where I'm going to end today's podcast because I cannot say anything more after that. But yeah, your mind is a harbour. And you choose to let what you decide, which thoughts get time and space and access to your mind. And that's all on us. That's all on you. Anyway, I am going to stop today's podcast here. This is the lessons or these are the lessons that I have learned from um, Eat, Pray, Love by Elizabeth Gilbert. If you can get yourself a copy, go ahead and get yourself a copy. It's going to change your life. It really will. All right, guys, I think I'm going to end here for today. I don't want this to go on for too long. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you will take away that life is on you. <laughs> I know we don't like to hear that. Believe me, I sometimes don't want to hear that as well. But it is the truth. And the truth, at the end of the day, Pharrell said it best, the truth shall set you free. But first, it will piss you off. Anyway, have a good Friday, everybody. Cheers.